Hi there, everyone. I'm back. It's uh, day two Inca Trek. It, uh, I'm on the backside of Dead Woman's Pass, and I spent, this is Bobby, by the way, I spent five hours, actually six, going straight up. Heart rate most of the time was between 130 and 150. How are you? How are you, Bobby? Good, good. I have my guide coming up. Yeah. You can keep going. I'm on. I'm on there. As I said, this is Inca Trail Day 2. Six hours going up. For me, I'm not in terrific shape. I play hockey once a week. I, uh, we made a decision to come on this trip about a month, so I didn't have a long runway on this deal. Uh, I'd worked out every day, but just a little bit. Really didn't push myself. So I kind of cranked it up a bit. Incline treadmill activity. Started doing stairs. I live in a spot where I have access to stairs pretty easily. So I would do 25 to... 50 or 60 flights of stairs at a time with my backpack on, with my hiking boots, with my pants that I was hiking in. And it felt okay. Um, basically did heart-based training. When my heart rate got up around uh, in the anaerobic threshold phase, that was kind of my cue. I'm in my 50s. I didn't want to push it. I had nothing to prove. Um, well, everyone says that. I guess everyone probably says they got nothing to prove, but everybody feels though they got things to prove. But I don't want to have a cardiac event. Um, I want to enjoy the adventure. So anyways, we're on the backside of uh, Dead Woman's Pass, and it is tough. My heart rate's low, so it's not aerobically difficult. But the steps, the uh, steps down is absolutely uh, brutal. I've done a lot of hike. Well, I've done some hiking. Did some hiking in Canada. Nothing too serious. Day hike kind of stuff. Did four-day overnight camping backcountry at Smoky Mountain National Park and Big Bend National Park. Some other stuff. This is the hardest adventure I've been on, by far. Frankly, this is the hardest day I've been on. I'm taking these, uh, you know, I've got hiking poles. You lengthen your hiking poles to go up about chest height if you're going down, as opposed to having your arm sort of at a right angle if you're going up. And uh, there's some techniques of planting your poles in front of you if you're going down. But frankly, this descent is rather treacherous, tre treacherous for the first little touch. I didn't really expect that. Or at least I did not expect it being this difficult. Um, I'm dealing with a blister on my right foot. I bought a blister kind of care kit that 
is good to have. Um, highly suggest it. The other thing I didn't do that I read something about and I should have done was in one of our trip folk are doing it is have two pairs of socks on. Um, I think it's a pretty ultralight pair underneath and then a medium pair over top. I think what that does is just gives a spot of friction that's not going to be your skin. Um, normally I'd been carrying an extra pair of socks and underwear in my day pack and in the essence of trying to uh, lighten the load that I was carrying today, uh, took it out. So when we stopped at about three and a half hours in, my socks are pretty wet. Problem with wearing these great hiking boots, even though they say they're breathable. I'm the kind of person that, you know, my socks get pretty wet. So I should have changed my socks yesterday. I didn't. I probably should have tried the whole two sock trick, which I didn't. Um, but <laughs> everything else is kind of so rough that the blister <laughs> has not been a huge issue. Um, right now, just these descent. Uh, you know, you can screw your ankle up pretty good. And my ankle and my knees are certainly not happy right now. And I'm going slow. I'm going about as slow as I've ever gone on a hike. And I'm trying to be mindful. You know, going up, I had to pause because my heart rate would get up. So that gave me an opportunity to pause, have water, look around. And you can probably notice the difference in my breathing if you heard some of the prior episodes. Um, but it's good to pause. You know, I'm pausing right now. I'm looking down in this green valley. It's mid-September here. I think they're just getting ready for the rainy season, so their major flowers are not out yet. Um, we're still pretty high up. Uh, you know, probably high 3,800 meters or something like that. Uh, the clouds are just meandering through the peaks of the mountains and it's just uh, absolutely gorgeous you can hear some birds saw a hummingbird just saw one now and uh, it's amazing what happens I think when you slow down the young folk including Steffi Steph had run ahead so they uh, are on sort of a different track and different adventure um, but I'm on my own and I am normally a person I'm an extrovert I love being around other people I get my energy from being around other people I love to talk and entertain <laughs> who knows if I'm entertaining but I love to do that um, and this has been nice for me I know I'm talking to y'all, and this is, quite frankly, this is a way of, instead of stopping and writing in a diary, I'm able to talk here. Um, but it's been instructive for me. And just, I always said to myself, and I always said to other people, one of the hardest things that I think I could ever do was be alone. 
and I'm alone. Now, I'm not really alone. I've got a group ahead of me and many people behind me. You know, if I left in the <laughs> the guide, she was running down to make sure the group in front was knew where the campsite was. Um, but it's good for me. It's good to be quiet. I struggle with that. It's good to be bored sometimes. I brought a couple little books. You know, if you take a, tri a trip... Get on Amazon or go to a bookstore and try to find miniature books. They're like two by two inches, super lightweight. Steph had a couple really big books that she absolutely loved. Um, but they stayed in the initial hotel just because they were so big. Um, she didn't want to carry them for the weight. Um, but a couple little books have been good. I teased our group that... I had a biblioteca, a French for library, that uh, they were more than welcome to look at the books. And we've sort of read verses from the one little miniature uh, book of verses that uh, it's Taoism. And it uh, talks about a journey of a thousand miles, seemed appropriate. We uh, <laughs> will read one little quick verse as a group uh, so that's been pretty fun oh more steps man I am gonna love when I finally get to a spot where things are smooth and flat the commentary on life is that there's times you're going up the steps and it's rough as all get out. Maybe you're checking yourself to see when you got to dial it back a little bit. Maybe you're not. There's times where you're going downhill. There's times where you're at a plateau. Such is life. I think one of the great things about getting older is you've got perspective usually just because you've had lots of ups and downs and I think uh, right now a lot of people struggle with the fact that they they don't really think there's a way that they'll get out of the spot they're in perhaps that's the great thing about doing something like this or you know, Steph and I did the Ukrainian medical dental mission trip uh, many months ago. And to work with and interact with people who've fled their, fled their home country with just what they could carry gives you perspective. I know my oldest boy, David, joined us on the trip. And... Uh, I think it gave him a unique perspective, quite frankly, at a critical time as he was finishing undergrad to say, man, <laughs> lots of people have lots of different pathways, and that's kind of the, uh, the way the, the, world, the world certainly works. So 
you know, I wonder what path you're on. Um, one of the things that we are about with Between Two Teeth is we always talk about connect, discover, and inspire. And I think we do a fairly decent job with discovery. We're always, you know, especially Steph. Steph's pushing me to always do some pretty wild, crazy adventures. Sometimes I push her, um, but oftentimes she's the one that says, yeah, why not? Let's do this. Um, and inspire, we get inspired by seeing others. That gives us some ways to look at stuff and say, man, let's do that. Let's try that. They can do it. We can do something like that that fits our own deal. But one of the things I think we struggle with is connecting with others. And we're still trying to figure that out. Now, we have had a bunch of listeners, subscribers, reach out to us and say certain episodes were meaningful or certain things we've done have really touched their hearts. It's been people helping them get through chemotherapy when they felt isolated and alone. It's people that were just kind of stuck in a spot in life and said they were looking for something more and seeing us do things like the Italian motorcycle adventure push them to do their own adventure. And it doesn't have to be what we do. You know, frankly, it shouldn't be what we do. We're us, you're you. Um, but we'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to hear comments at, you know, we've got a Instagram, B2Teeth. We've got uh, the YouTube channel and the podcast. You know, we're pretty basic. I don't even know if you can put comments on a podcast channel. Um, but we'd love to hear, we'd love to hear your adventure. That in part, quite frankly, encourages us. You know, I know you're not supposed to live off of external gratification, but that's the way things go a lot. Um, but also it allows you to put yourself out there and allows you to help someone else. It allows you to help others, other people get to see what you're talking about or what your adventure is. So I would be uh, very thankful if you would consider uh, putting comments in there. So, well, I tell you, I think I've got about half an hour left of this descent. I'm finally at a point that I'm at a, not a real steep angle. The rocks are fairly smooth. I wouldn't call them steps. I've, those steps on the other side of Dead Woman's Pass. Oh my gosh. That was, uh, I'm used to unexpected treats. I like those. Not so much the other stuff. Um, so, I'm just looking at a really beautiful, weird, strange plant right now. It's cool when you're in a different area where you've never been before. You can see all kinds of interesting, interesting stuff. Um, but please leave a comment. Get out there. 
do your adventure. Um, be okay with being alone. Be okay with connecting with, with others. Find your own journey. Find your own why. That's kind of my push for you. You know, try to live your best life. That's what I'm trying to do. And, you know, I don't have the answers. I just keep trying and trying and trying. And some of those are successes. Some of those are failures. I would say today is quite possibly one of the most brutal physical days that I've ever had. I've done about three half Ironmans, which is 70.3 miles. Um, I even forget what the swim is. You swim a bunch and you do a bike 56 kilometers and then you do a half marathon at the end. And I'm not a runner. No one would look at me and say, oh, that guy's a runner. That guy's got a runner's body. Not at all. Um, I'm a big body, six two and a half, big frame, hockey player. Um, yeah, and I was in a little bit better shape when I was doing triathlons. That was kind of when I was early 40s, now I'm 50. But maybe this is my push to say I need to crank up my workout. A year and a half ago, I did a, uh, a fellowship at Harvard Kennedy School, and uh, I was inspired by pretty much everybody there. A lot of the people there were leaders with the Department of Defense, Department of Energy, and it was a public policy fellowship. Um, and <laughs> they do something every day. They work out every day. And uh, one of the leaders was 70. And he'd get on the treadmill and just knock it out. And I was like, darn. I need to do better. I need to do something every day. And the research proofs it out as far as longevity and just anti-inflammatory and cardiac function. So every day, and I think I've missed if I had really bad illness or a couple days, but I only missed five days over a year and a half. But I also only did between 10 and 15 minutes on a lot of days. Treadmill, elliptical, a little bit of bike action, but I didn't push myself. I'm regretting a little bit of that today um, because today pushed me. Um, I certainly had to go at a slower pace because of my fitness level but at the same time if I was going a faster pace I'd be with the big group and I am a big fan of the saying that the universe gives you what you need and I need to be alone I need to be alone with my thoughts I'm talking it out now so that kind of helps me verbalize things unfortunately I talk so I can think and that has served me well and poorly many times um, but if I was in better shape I'd be with those young bucks up ahead and I wouldn't be thinking like I am and I, I wouldn't be talking to y'all like I am so 
I'm appreciative of that. And as much as this was one of the most brutal physical experiences of my life, and quite frankly, probably one of the more dangerous experiences. And once again, I've ridden motorcycles in the Italian Alps and up on Big Sur on the Highway 1 in California. Um, this was dangerous from a fall perspective, from a cardiac event perspective. <laughs> a whole lot of things are dangerous with this. My ankle feels like garbage. I'm in so much, you know, it's rough. Let's just say that. But it's a good rough. And we are not meant to be comfortable all the time. I actually sat down and this morning when I woke up and wrote some entries in my journal with a headlight, red headlight, so I could read the page and not wake everybody up. <clears throat> and uh, I think I wrote down the advantages of struggling. Because I figured today would be a struggle. Today was a struggle. So I listed off a bunch of things. But then on the next page, I looked at it and say, what are the bad things about being comfortable? And one of the things I actually like about motorcycling is that sometimes you're hot, you're wet, you're cold. I've had all of those. You're scared. It takes me out of my comfort zone. And I don't know about you, but I do not grow when I am comfortable. I grow when I am out of my comfort zone. And so as much as today has been a physical struggle more than any day in my life, it has been an absolute blessing from, I don't even, I don't know, I don't want to call it spiritual because that turns a lot of people off. Um, but whatever word it is to kind of look at yourself and your place in the world and the meaning of everything, which a lot of people would call spiritual. Um, it just kind of helps set me right in my head. And when you have a win with a struggle, <laughs> it helps you for the next experience you have. Um, and that's certainly a positive. So... I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe sit down with a piece of paper. Or just turn this darn podcast off after you subscribe, of course. And just think, what's something I'd really like to do? And don't let inappropriate fear hold you back. I talked on previous episodes you know, kids, it's difficult to travel with kids. I've had my eldest chap, you know, holding him in my arms, a plane game. Oh, sorry, sir, your plane's been canceled. And he just threw up on me when she said those words. And then we had to end up having to take three planes to get back to Cleveland when I was a resident, surgical resident. So it can be rough, but I've also done mission trips with little kids. And... They just got a heck of an experience that, quite frankly, I couldn't have taught them some of the lessons, I think, that they learned. And 
it's so different when you can have experiential learning and that's what they got so i'm going to push you get out a piece of paper just write down some stuff put some ideas out there put some crazy ideas out there and then uh, try to make it happen well listen guys i love that you've been able to join me on day two inca trail trek i'm on the back side of dead woman's pass i'm descending oh boy and it's been a long day and i'm probably about 30 minutes from camp so thanks for hanging with me check you out later bye